That flash, uh, game two, over the wall, when nobody's with him on rally, full commits and just dies, I won't, that's seared into my brain. Because yeah. I think Mad Magical even just goes, like, Mad Magical, he, he, he loves to go, he gets a lot of words out really quickly, it's what makes him great. And, and he quite literally paused and went, what? And I was like, if you're making, if you're making Mad Magical go, what, in a call, you, you really screwed a play up top, right? Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Salt Mine. It is Season 2, Episode 8. My name is Gordo. I am joined by Slayer and TDS. And, gentlemen, we are fresh off of the first week of the NACL Summer 2023 playoffs, which started off more or less than expected, but maybe took a little bit of a turn here or there. Also fresh off the back of what was a incredibly long uh all pro series as slayer's dog is going to join him here too welcome it's my to dog the pod, bro now lo love to have a dog on the show honestly that's what we need to bump up same amount of appearances there. as bonfire this season <laughs> <laughs> oh man Ooh. that's a heater right off the bat that is, uh, that is. <laughs> i did want to ask we we spent forever recording that uh that um all-stars episode uh, mm -hmm. how are we how are we feeling as, on our all-star rankings one one week after with having played a couple of playoff series do we do we have any massive regrets do we i'm winning i feel like i'm winning <laughs> you're winning it's not a contest I, I feel, um... yeah i feel like i feel like i'm winning i i i regarded so highly so many members of dsg and seeing them essentially being the grand in the upper bracket finals and it feels like a a good take that they were really good it's just that they, it's still trying to get there to a certain point and they were able to deliver really very really well also number one and number two mid laner on the upper bracket finals for me as well uh i think it's a good showing i feel like i did something similar in the previous split with mid laners like i called the number one and number two mid laners as well in the previous split but i'm not 100 sure like i was sure it was insanity insanity was there and then I think Dipl I couldn't include Diplex because of the Eminence thing. But I think it was close to that. So yeah, I'm happy that that it's, it's going like this. Only only regret feels like uh, um, Scary Jerry, but technically it wasn't really something that I was expecting to shine in playoffs. It was more so a prize for the season. So apart from that, I think everything else great. Uh, I'm feeling like mixed, uh, I, I would say. Uh, there's like there are highs and lows like I certainly am feeling pretty great about I believe being the only one to put Perry on a team uh, in the jungle or I think, I think you did with Gordo. I didn't put uh, you, Perry. I didn't have no. Perry. So I think I, I I'm pretty sure I didn't have Perry. Yeah, I had, I had Mir, yeah. Kiel, Yuji. Maybe yeah, exactly. I had those maybe things. maybe Bonfire did. Bonfire I don't think him. he did. I think it was Bonfire. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, as the only one here that put Perry on his list, I'm feeling pretty nice because uh, Perry, Perry not only outjungled, well, Perry outjungled uh, both of my next two mid uh, junglers at points in the series because he because he took down Keel in the first round, and then he took down Mir in the uh, <laughs> in the second round. So, yep. certainly was pretty fun to see uh, him. Win those games, Shochi in the mid lane as well at the second team. Uh, Keel being the second team feels a little awkward now. Uh, it's not very great, but I've got a good sprinkle of DSG 
fly quite you know fly sees up there too and we all had a bunch of tlc as well so yep I, i'm just i guess i'm just riding the the, the parry the having parry train that's that's where i'm at i'll that's do that fair. i i really i was so ready i just watched the elimination games today uh, but coming into today, I was very ready to to come in here and, and talk some smack and say, hey, I, we all just watched my first place top laner play your guys' first place top laner and put him in the dumpster and get left get let down by his team two games in a row. Um, but I will say, Surdy did did then struggle against uh, against old concept for for a few games. So <laughs> we'll call that one a wash, all in all. But. I do, I do still stand by leaving leaving Faisal off my list, though. Faisal, he's had some tough opponents. He had to play against Sturdy and then had to play against Fake God, but he's he has had a rough run of playoffs so far, I would say. Yeah, that one, that one definitely hurts on my list, for sure. <laughs> my number one delivered, so I'm going to still stand there. Fake God, Fake God performing like I was expecting, so all good there. I also, I, I also kind of did, what is it called, the uh, propaganda for... For our show over at Kobe's stream with the Southland promoting Surdy as number one top laner, mainly Gordo. So <laughs> all good over on that side as well. Let's go. Let's go. And I, I, do, I do want to say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dox my man too bad here, but Grapes did DM me to tell me that take was based. So <laughs> just just saying, it's not it's not an exclusively opinion here. Even it's an unpopular opinion within the show. But if you broaden sure. your horizons a little bit to other NACL content, it's not so unpopular well, of an opinion. I do want to sit here not, because it's starting to come off like I was, I was a sturdy hater. I definitely was a big fan when he brought got brought in. I just <laughs> wasn't going to give an award. Hey, I'm going to just cut to Slayer, uh, the, the clip from the beginning of the last show, where he just comes I back mean, like, I don't... that's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> because, because he didn't play the full season. That's why I later said I still am a fan of Surdy and thought he was an upgrade. And here's where you flash back to me saying that when they added that's him true. to the roster earlier in the season so but no yeah I, you know cash it on the take gordo you, yeah no, you are I, I, I just wanted is... to talk i just wanted to refresh that debate a little bit in everyone's <laughs> that minds take, As... that take though looks so based if tlc loses against egc if oh, they yeah, I mean... like some miracle lose to to egc i think that that take begins looking so based it would but i i re i will never bet on that i'm not gonna i'm not <laughs> gonna put my name on that garbage not on this show not on any show so with that let's let's get into the playoff recap let's recap for a couple of minutes um and we'll get into predictions and that's probably gonna be our whole episode i don't know it might be a little shorter one here not to jinx anything um go over the first round incredibly quickly it occurs exactly mm -hmm. as drawn up tl beats maryville fear beats wildcard fly beats eg DSG beats AOE, all of them in 2-0 fashion. High seeds beat low seeds. Not really too much crazy here. Uh, anything you guys would want to highlight? I think the only match that we really had any kind of discussion about in this one was Fear versus Wildcard. Um, or Wildcard does not show up in, in the way we might have wanted. I think Fear also, like, Fear 2-0-ing TL later on in the bracket kind of soften that blow retroactively a little bit um like fear ever ever since they all got together over in ohio they, they look sick they look like they have really leveled up together um so you know i can i can cope for wild card a bit there um and then they play maryville and i can't cope anymore but mm -hmm. um yeah definitely was not the close neck and neck series that that we talked about potentially happening 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I was just really a big fan of the 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 macro because that was like the macro display series. If I'm not wrong, I think 18 minutes into game one, there were four kills, uh, and then game two had a lot. I'm pretty sure a lot less kills. Unless I'm wrong, I'm thinking Fear TLC. Uh, I might be switching the series. I kind of think it is Fear TLC. Okay, well, I'm, I'm starting to get my games jungled. It was jumbled. Yeah, 15, correct, correct me yeah, it was like 25 to 30 kills in both games. They were both like 30-minute games. It was like, I don't so, know, pretty standard. I, I think a lot of those games did blow up. I think early game, it was they were both kind of slow. I was just proud of um, Fear's, Fear, Fear's macro across the entire playoffs was pretty impressive. I think specifically, I guess, if I'm going to go the first round, Wild card fear. I think Philip stepped up really big. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Zamuda was the hyped up top laner by a lot of people coming into the split. Uh, he was also on this show. If we're gonna get specific, Zamuda did get put on some lists, and Philip wasn't considered for anybody's lists. So he definitely showed out on, I believe, double Renekton duty uh, against Zamuda's Poppy. Uh, so I was a big fan of that. I think the big star though for Cincinnati fear the the slept on player that has actually been a really good catalyst has been JJ. I think JJ has been a star in these playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think the big takeaway from, from that match in particular, uh, and, and we'll get more into this when we talk about the lower bracket too, uh, is that Keel and Don Bray just still look like they are on completely different pages. Uh, they are yeah. like not uh, not being able to gel at all. And it's, it's weird because it hasn't always been this way. I feel like they were a lot more in sync for the first few weeks of the split. Um, and then I don't know, somewhere around like week five ish, it feels like they, they really stopped being able to sync up together. And now they are not on the same page at all. And, and Don Bray's page is like upside down. He's like yeah, written dude. backwards. He's Don Bray's plays are just like objectively that, bad on top of not being synced up with keels. That flash, uh, game two over the wall when nobody's with him on rally full commits and just dies. I won't, that's seared into my brain. Because yeah. I think Mad Magical even just goes like Mad Magical. He, he, he loves to go. He gets a lot of words out really quickly. It's what makes him great. And and he quite literally paused and went, "What?" And I was like, "If you're making, if you're making Mad Magical go what in a call, you you really screwed a play up, Tom Brad." Oh. Yeah, that play, that play in that series was bizarre by wild card overall. And it's kind of weird to see Dombre like that. Well, Dombre started really well and then kind of went evening out like his hype to his performance so it, it ended up being kind of equal to how we could have expect someone like Domri coming in but then in playoffs it, it really has looked like maybe it's because it's his first playoffs i would argue that he really is not looking even close to what he was performing like in the regular season but then at the same time like the disconnect and I don't even just go with, with him and Kiel. I feel like there's disconnect between him and, and, and Lance in the bot lane. Like, hmm. wait, just... Yeah, yeah they're two on two, it's been rough. It just, it just feels like they want to do something, but the moment that they decide to do something, for some reason, Dombre does something different. Hmm. And it just feels like it's really apparent in some of those games. Also, as well... I have to say, because I did put him on my list, and I kind of feel like his performance in that series particularly was really, really bad. And it's Samudo. I think that he didn't perform up to standard that I was expecting him to. If I'm not wrong, like he missed on some really easy ultimates in some of that se- in that series. I think it was the 
he played in the first game more, if I'm not wrong, or yeah. I, I'm not sure it if it was one, first or, one or second Bobby. one. Yeah, yeah like his own ultimates were awful to not say just not say anything like more and i'm surprisingly a player that was really consistently fighting against the better top laners of the league and consistently finding end goals to just get ahead or at the very least never go behind them really effectively just not appear that well in the series then in the maryville i think that he kind of recouped himself really well but the fear series really kind of left a taste to me that I don't think Wildcard can go above uh, above the Maryville series. Like I think Maryville was what they could build, uh, what they could beat, and then Fly CTLC. And I'm even willing to bet maybe EGC are a bit too tough of a task for them to try and beat right now. So I'm not sure if I if they are going to go above this. Fear on the other side, I, if I'm not wrong, I think I was the only one that predicted them to win. Namely, I wasn't expecting a 2-0 either. I thought it was going to be a more competitive series. But the way that they performed, and obviously we talked about, uh, I think calling out JJ is a really good thing as well. But Philip as well. I, I feel like he he showcased a lot of good things in that series, played a much more pivotal role that I feel like we've seen so far this season, and overall was able to provide impact for the team that we didn't see before. Like It was mainly the shot you show, and to a certain degree, it's still the shot you show. But I feel like having the solo laners more impactful in the series was really good for Perry to try and shine once again. Yeah, I think that's a great point because I think I think Shochi did like Shochi's standards. The bar is so high that in that wild card fear series, he definitely. I mean, even in like the the liquid, even in the liquid series, because is I'm pretty sure that's where he breaks out the flashless Zed, right? That's game one TLC. Yeah, I think it is. Yes. I think it's yeah. a circuit game, no. One of the one of those two games. Regardless, that game was really yeah. shaky. He was he was getting bodied by Harry early, uh, and then he had some in, some intriguing chase plays that he really was. He was not hitting any shurikens when he was going for the death march. True. Uh, he was he was fine for fear. It wasn't up to the Shochi standards. So it, it really illustrates further how Philip really stepped up, like you were talking about TDS. Uh, I do want to go quickly back to wildcard because I also think some of the issues might lie in their drafting at least. In this game, I believe this is game, yeah, game two against Fear. Uh, they, you know, they prioritize getting the Kaisa, and they also prioritize getting the Rel early on blue side for Dombre, and they leave up Zamudo to get like completely banned out here and forced onto Poppy. Which I just, when I think Zamudo, I don't really think Poppy. I was kind of like, what, what, what is that pick really coming across? And if we're thinking about the whole scope of wild card. I understand the meta is certainly strong with Rel, and and you could flex the pick towards Keel if you wanted to. They did it in game number one, but you're you're playing this team through Zamudo. You're not playing this team through Dombre. So I had some issues with the drafting in game number two as well, and would like to see just you know some more onus as they go through in the losers bracket to try and get him back on those picks that that really made him a star at points in the split. Yeah. I think that's fair. It's funny, actually, like fear, fear, and we'll get more into fear in a sec, but like fear all moved, uh, all moved in together. They're all playing together in Ohio now this week. Uh, and it does feel like it's made a difference. It feels like they're like a lot yeah. more synergized. They're a lot more in sync. They're, 
their calls have been a lot cleaner, their execution's been a lot cleaner. Feels like I I don't know what Wildcard's living situation is, and nobody said it's changed, but it feels like they've moved apart. Like they they like used to be in the same house, and now they're on different sides of the country, and they just like they have like a one second delay on the comms. <laughs> um, Maybe Samudo went back to live with the last in Korea, and that's why he's so disconnected. Samudo's playing uh-huh. on K on yeah on 150 ping. Korean ping. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right. Well, I, I don't think there's too much to talk about in the rest of round one winner's side. Uh, the rest of those series go pretty much exactly as you would predict them to go, and they're all pretty one-sided. Yep. But let's talk about winner's Maybe. side round two a little bit. Um, so both of the upper seeds end up dropping here. TL drops in two to uh, Cincinnati Fear. FlyQuest drops in three to Disguised. Are we... Uh, are we raising alarms on either of our top two seeds here? I think I, I'd like to talk about both series a little bit more in depth, um, but I just kind of want to hear high level. Like, are you guys, is, is the whole league backwards now? Are TL and FlyQuest bad in your view? I'll just say quickly, uh, I'm raising more of the red flag on TL than I am on Fly. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I think I, I think the, the Fly EC series was more so an... Uh, showing that dsg was not put up to the standard that i think it should be put like because of how rocky their season was i think that we kind of downplayed dsg a bit more than maybe they should have been and in comparison that's why it feels like even though they lost like it's not that bad because it was against a team that just off of name value and off the way that they played after the aoe series i think that they were deserved of more praise and that's why they are now in the grand finals but the TLC one is the one that I'm worried. Not only because they got outplayed to a certain degree by fear, but I think that there were individual mistakes by players that are kind of surprising to see. Like, in all honesty, I think that was one of the worst series by Harry after coming down from the LCS, which is surprising because Harry was performing really well. But that series overall, and even though the game, the set game wasn't the massive performance by Shochi, like we were talking about. I didn't feel like Harry was part of that game as much either. So that's kind of worrying for me because that's, well, that's technically the second mid laner. So at the very least, you can argue, okay, you can work around that. But then I look at the other series, their potential like adversaries that are going to come through if they win against AGC are YC with the Spyrax. And I think Spyrax played really, really well against Young. Like, I, I was really impressed with the Spyrex series over in the Fly CDSG. So now I'm kind of guessing, is the Spyrex going to be a tough match for Harry as well if he performs like he did against Shochi, against a, yeah, Shochi over on the upper bracket? And that's kind of a scary to think. Agree. I think I have a little more cope for TL than it sounds like you guys do. Um, I think it did the game one is like almost a wash to me. I think it's a very... They were clearly looking for something a little bit different in draft. They're going for like a little bit more early game centric of a snowball-y composition. Harry obviously on the LeBlanc, and then they go for the Trundle to counter pick uh, Perry Sejuani. Uh, and then they go for this Callista Rel bot lane that, like, yeah. I, I mean, they've historically had some success playing through <sighs> these kind of like early game lane dominant bot lanes with Arrow, like him on his Draven and on the Callista and stuff like that. But I agree, it looks very out of place here. Uh, it looks very out of meta. I don't feel like anybody else is really playing too much Callista. Um, and against Manui on the Ziggs, just feels like they cannot really get very much accomplished at all. Um, and they're still like they're they're faintly ahead. Like they have advantages in lanes. 
Yep. But um, they just don't snowball it hard enough. They end up overforcing on a Shochi in the top side. Uh, Arrow gets picked by JJ. Uh, and then they overforce on a Minui uh, coming out of their base. Uh, and they, again, they get punished for it. And those are like the only two fights really in the game. Um, and mm. they drop from there. Um, Shochi Zed doesn't get to have the performance we might have liked out of it. But it's still... It does the Zed things. It gets the damage out, and they they're able to win from there. Uh, and then in game two, they like completely shift gears. They start to play like a little bit more traditional of a scaly team fight comp. And in that game, they just get blown out of the water like super early. Like they fight, uh, they give a perfect fight over to to Phillips Renekton, and Phillips Renekton is already mm-hmm. substantially ahead over Bradley's Orn in the laning phase, and they just carry it through from there. So, I mean weird like it feels like not traditional tl drafts like it feels like they the first draft they went like all in on just slamming super early and they've never been a team that it feels like have really needed to do that uh and then game two it feels like they went they they drafted like like no interaction they just kind of had to like sit there and lose for uh quite a while and then they take a they take the first bad fight that's offered to them and then they just lose that game straight up as well so i i think they have opportunities to kind of just go back to what they've found success with previously and at least look better than this. I think they've got a lot more in them than this 2-0 series against Fear shows. I will say quickly, one thing I'm also kind of curious about them now, because in their Fear series, one thing that is really, really completely different to any, to what they've done both in regular season and then also before that I praised so, so much about TL was the way that they were setting up for dragon fights and dragon objective taking. And I think in the Fear series, they kind of fumbled back in a lot of those situations, much more so than we saw before. Not only dragon objectives, obviously, but I think that was one of the points where I, I looked at, at TLC and I said, okay, they were one of the best teams in the NECL to try and set up dragons because they were really smart about how they approached it. And Mir was really, really good about taking the best advantage possible and at the dangerous moment and going for it. And I think in the Fear series particularly, it's one of the the most apparent ways to try and deny them of that. And the setups were really messy. So I'm not sure if it's going to be a, a, a thing going forward as well. But that's a point where I wasn't expecting to see TL flound as much. And, they kind, and Fear kind of managed it out really, really well. I'm stuck at this crossroads when it comes to that Fear TL series. Is I, I don't know. Because some of those fights... TL had really good engages like they always do. The issue came down to the target selection. Now, on face value, Manui is an AD carry. So, like, in games, you you want to be jumping an AD carry most of the time to win fights, right? That's just League of Legends. True. But I want to give credit to Fear and their drafting because they watched that wildcard series where Manui was playing Kai'Sa and dying randomly in fights in the middle of everybody and it, it could have it could have been costly if wildcard were not off their game at points and they go all right what are we gonna do with manui oh he's the mage player so what are we gonna do let's stick him on zigs let's stick him on vigar game two so that when they try and jump on manui he can he'll at least have azanias on either one of these champions he has some escapability on zigs he has some safety with event horizon on vigar so when tl all pummel in onto him and they maybe get the kill after a delayed fight. They get the first pick. They've expended so many resources on Manui that they're forgetting about this new and improved Philip, who's been balling on these uh, Renekton games. They forget about Shochi, who gets a Kaisa game in game number two and does Kaisa things yep. when Shochi gets it. So 
TL are setting up the right fights, but the target priority, I'm like, all right, Manui isn't really that worth it in these drafts that you're getting from Fear, but also credit to Fear because they realized everybody's trying to dogpile Manui when the strengths of their team really haven't been Manui this season all season long. So it's a weird crossroads that I'm at. Uh, and I do agree with the, the drafting was certainly a little bit wacky too. Gordo talked about it. I, I just, I just I guess I expect TL to recognize these things better. And that's why when they didn't, I'm a little more alarmed f- versus Fly C, where Fly C series, outside of game three, which Disguised deserve a lot of credit for just playing a, a really good macro game. That game was super macro heavy. I think uh, it had like 13 kills at 30 minutes. and But DSG had a 7K gold lead. That's just called macro uh, excellence. The other two games were banger games that went 35 minute plus. And if one fight goes a little bit differently, if one of those DSG aces goes a little bit differently in one of those games, fly probably come out with them. So, and it's against like TDS said, a roster that has three defending champions on it versus fear. who's a completely different ballpark. So that's kind of where I, I'm at with the entirety of the winner's bracket. I, I, I kind of jumbled my whole phrase up into one big thing after you guys covered both of them. So that's essentially where the whole I'm higher, I'm more red flag on TLs versus uh, fly lands. Yeah. I, I, oh, just just quickly to add on on the point of, of Slayer, I, I really like the thing with me, Nui, going on to those carries also, because one particular thing about mages is that as long as you get your combo out, it doesn't really matter if you're dead. So the thing is, Minui, as long as you just get ulti, Q, and W out with either Six or Vigar, that's it. You can die happily. Like you, you already kind of did your job. So it, it really doesn't matter that much. And I think that that's a smart adaptation as well. Apart from the fact that their top laner and mid laner can play AD bruisers or AD champions, and that kind of makes the flexibility of the team comes much better compared to other teams. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do want to give Manui that shout out. I I worry about what it means for him, like as a prospect, because it feels like it's not the kind of AD carry you probably want to like recruit as a rookie in a, in a vacuum. But I do mm-hmm. think like the fact it works so well for this team, right? Especially for Shochi, um, that he's willing yeah. to play these bot lane mages. Like the fact that he'll play, you know, the Seraphine is still perma banned cause he's still the Seraphine guy, but then like the Ziggs and now the Vigar and he played the Karthus, uh, a little bit earlier this season. Uh, I think the fact that he's willing to go for all of those, he's got a deep enough pool of AP bot laners that you can't really deny his ability to at least go for one of them. Uh, and that just opens up uh, Shochi to go for all these crazy AD picks. He can play his Yones, he can play his Zeds. Um, and that's the fantastic for him. So definitely uh, very good construction of the roster and of their identity there from Fear. And I quickly want to say before if we move on here, uh, it's super fun to watch and makes Fear oh, yeah. such a fun team to cheer for um, that Definitely. they can pull off this stuff. So, so congrats on your four uh, zero weekend Fear, but especially congrats for doing it in such a uh, I don't I don't want to say wacky because wacky have a negative connotation. I guess um, wacky creative wild way. <laughs> yeah, wacky's wild card. Yeah. creative way to yeah. get to that four zero. Fear is creative. Wild card is wacky. Uh, yes, that's some of those TL drafts wacky, not creative. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, on, on the DSG flight quest, I, I agree. Like th- this is the closest series of of the week. Surprise, surprise. I mean, not not a hard take to have when it's the only series that goes to three games. But um, it's actually it's very interesting to me how all of these games kind of play out the exact same way. Like flight quest gets an early lead in all three games, 
Yep. And the DSG fights back in all three games. Uh, and it just turns out, you know, FlyQuest are able to turn it back once in that game number two. Uh, where they find a couple of good fights coming into Disguised's base. Um, they managed to zone out Meech. They managed to prevent Young's Akali from getting on to uh, Masu. Uh, and they can win that way. But other than that, it feels like DSG are really re- able to out-execute in a lot of these team fights. And, you know, I, it does have to... You do kind of just have to give it up to TDS a little bit there. Like, they really do uh, execute individually in these team fights, like, at such a crazy high level. And it feels like, like that's the whole difference up against um, Fly Challengers. And even when they, they're not playing that bad, right? Like, I think Yuji has some great executions in fights. I think Masu... Spyrax, I think they they all have quite good fights, but like they're just the slightest bit outclassed. It feels like in some of these team fights up against DSG, and it makes me really excited to see some kind of best of five between these two teams because all of these games were close. All of these games could have gone either way, uh, and, and I don't think it's as cut and dry as Fear and TL were, uh, where like DSG was just the better team on the day. I think it was it could very much have gone either way on the day. I think you could make it or like you could just sum it up into i think that fly c is the better team before 20 minutes and post 20 minutes it was more decisive by dsg Mm -hmm. because one thing that i really loved about the series from the perspective of watching it from fly c's side yuji's movements were so good like though i I think yuji was out in that regard, in the early part, I think it was outclassing and outdoing Tomio in a lot of what he was looking for. Namely, I do think that they had the advantage in bottling, and that kind of gives you a a nice uh, nice enough room to wiggle around with just having that sole control. And then if the two lanes, one of the two gives you that priority, you kind of have enough room to do whatever you want as Yuji. But that being said, I think that he run around uh, Tomio really, really well early on, and that just enabled the early leads for them. And I, I think it was the third or, well, it, they actually kind of got leads for Masu in almost every game. But in the third game, it was looking like Masu was just going to be able to destroy everyone. I think he was four and one on Asaya at that point. And the way that DSG kind of handled that uh, to try and just maneuver around just want to try and confirm okay no it was dsg having the saya on the third game it, then it was the second one in the second game when they had the saya four and one is enough to try and put masu in a spot where he can try and carry so i i think when you have that sort of advantage for your for your boss lane it just enables you to do whatever you want especially if it's masu the kind of hyper carry prospect that you want but in the third game even they still had an advantage for bot lane and masu was performing really well on the kaisa i think it was kaisa in that time around just yes, confirming yeah. it yeah, it is. on the Kaisa. But the way that they fight around in the later stages, particularly I think the Baron fights were the ones that I was more inclined to like try and shout out for DSG. Because Dragon fights were kind of weird to, to really call out, but they were still really good. But the Baron fights, I feel like those were really smart. They played by DSG. And the objective was almost always covered in a way that they had not only access towards the important champions from Fly C, but also that they could start fights in a way that they would be beneficiated almost every time. And I think that's really good call out for Cecil and also for Tomio in how they were setting up for those fights for the team. Love a Cecil call out. I, I want to carry on that point because um, if if I'm going to give out a, a metaphorical rose to both of the teams for reaching that upper bracket uh, final, uh, Fear, I, I would give it, a, I already said JJ, because I think he had a phenomenal series. 
I think it's interesting because after last week, Meech in a lot of those games against uh, Masu was phenomenal in those fights. There were multiple up. fights uh, on those on the Kaisa, and uh, I believe he switched to the Zai as well. That they were just trading those yeah. two eighty carries, where he was so close to dying, but he was playing so such well spacing, especially around those Baron fights, which is also hats off to Zazel. But I, I got to give him a lot of credit because we taught you, you said it. They, he came out of lane behind every single time, but he was able to. He didn't. Die, he wasn't coming out of lane like with deaths. It was like farm disadvantages. You're going to expect that against Masu and Winsome unless they slip up. And he was playing fights super, super well. That was that was the meets that you know got people like us, you know, people like Gordo hyped up before, like uh, why, you know, feels like a long time ago. That, that he Mirage Esports Electronique beat. Yeah, Rainbow. right, right, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, one. if like we give out, maybe he wasn't the best overall AD carry across the entire playoffs because he came out of a lot of lanes down. But he was by far and away the best team fighting AD carry this week, and it was it was really nice to watch him just funnel fights against such a good fly C team and keep himself alive on Kaisa, who you know we do call her overpowered for valid reasons uh, with her, her current kit and AP ratios, but she is in fact a, a vain clone that is going to have to be up close and personal in a lot of ways you have kits to utilize the fact that you're going to have to be at such close range as ad carry and meach really put it on a pedestal so i think meach deserves a lot of credit too uh for coming back from i guess us tearing him lower from like an eh regular season and just coming out and smacking masu who very much likely might be most valuable prospect prospect in the mouth in some of those team fights to make sure dsg got the 2-1 no, no, come on, Slayer. Kaisa is not a Vayne clone, all right? Vayne does not have a two-screen-long AP Okay, <laughs> Okay, I, I meant to say that because... On a two-second cooldown. I meant to say that because she, she, there's no way... I, I refuse to believe that whoever... The, uh, the Kaisa design team didn't take pages out of Vayne's book. Because oh, yeah, no. There's absolutely. so much of their kids. I no, I just, yeah. I just love to hate on Kaisa because Kaisa's like every champion design no. at once. She's like... She's a DPS ADC with the the on hit passive and the hack speed steroid, but she's also an assassin with the extra isolated damage yeah. and the the crazy long dash and engage, and she's like an AP poke mage with the with the W. So screw it, she just does everything. Yeah. Uh, that quickly, the funny moment to bring that up. The funniest moment of that series was when uh, they finally oh. gave Masu Kaisa, and he's just sitting in the base firing a Kathy and Rain at uh, at Meech and Meech, and they just have four, all, three members of DSG just stand in front of <laughs> stand in front of Meech as he's recalling, and it's like, how is this a how is this this is the Kaisa moment? It's like Riot, <laughs> look at this moment. This is why you need to nerf this champion. They have to block for Kaisa Ws on an AD carry, <laughs> which. Talking a bit about Kaisa, I'm surprised that the priority of the series was pick Saya on blue side and Kaisa on red side. Like oh. usually it's Kaisa blue side, uh, Saya red side, but in this series the priority almost always went for the Saya on that side. And Kaisa, I think Kaisa didn't win a single game the series. If I'm not wrong, yeah, they won every game that won. Bait oh pick. no, actually DSG did win Bait the red pick. side one. Weak champion, yeah. Yeah, but then after that, they lost both games on the, on the Kai'Sa, which I find kind of interesting, not necessarily because it's bad, but to try and, at the very least, put the issue on the ways to try and deny the Kai'Sa. And the two most important picks for that, I think, in the current meta, or at the very least, the top in my priority that I would pick 100% of the time against Kai'Sa, 
Maokai. Because the only way to try and really lock her down and not let her escape is the point and click CC that the Maokai has plus the ultimate value. Like those are the ways to try and do it. And I think if I'm wrong, looking at the, the stats again, Maokai won each of the games this series. Like he had true 100% win rate. True. I'm also a fan of... Um... I'm I'm a fan of there's that that's the way to beat her, no matter what she has available. I I want to see more teams just prioritize bullying Kaisa earlier in the game, because uh, that's when she's going to be weakest. Uh, you take Halo Blades for a couple of bottom lane exchanges, but you don't have evolved anything. Maybe I want to see more Tristana lanes get picked because Tristana just dookies on Kaisa early. Like it, it gets level two, Kaisa is shorter range than Tristana is, and you can just jump in for the slow and get the reset. Like, I know Tristana mid's very fun, but somebody just play an aggro bottom lane with Tristana and pick Tristana against Kai'Sa, I guarantee you that Kai'Sa will at least take 30 minutes to get to the overpowered form instead of 20. I don't know, Slayer. I saw today a Tristana bot lane and she got destroyed by BLG, so I'm not sure if I'm going to follow you on well, that. Well, okay, well, that's... <laughs> that's right. a whole other uh, region. Let's get into... But the... I, I, do, I do agree. I like the flexibility potential if you played well enough. I... Yeah. The caveat, play to the Tristana Bodlin if you're going to play Tristana Bodlin. Mm, That's right. it. Well, with that said, let's let's talk about Loser's Bracket real quick. Um, I'm going to kind of end up saying the same thing here, and then this is going to be my segue into when we get into next round predictions. Uh, Wildcard and EG, each 2-0, their respective opponents. Uh, neither inspire much confidence in me. Uh, Maryville, especially, I think, was... They had one foot out the door already, right? I think, yep. you know, we talked about this before already. I think if AoE doesn't have to sub in Acadian for that one series, that uh, Maryville might not even be here. Um, so with that said, uh, they get 2-0 by wildcard. It is not as good of a look from wildcard as I would hope. Uh, all of my complaints from the, the upper bracket are still very present and with far fewer excuses because they are now playing against Maryville. Um, yeah, I mean, especially bot lane. Like, you know, Scary Jerry, yeah. he earns his second all-pro keep for TDS there as he is just crushing uh, Lens and Donbre down there. And that is... Oof, that's that's quite unfortunate in in my opinion. That's uh really not inspiring the kind of confidence. Like I really would like to say that this team is like a dark horse for me and they can and that I believe they can step up and play very well up against their their upcoming opponents and in, in fly challengers and and move on further than that. Uh I'd like to say that. I can't say that. They they I think this team is going to get demolished by fly challengers unless they come in to week two of playoffs looking very, very different. Remember one of my issues with the, or one of the things that I kind of maybe doubt or maybe question DSG going against FlyC was their bottling performance. If I had a doubt with DSG between no, bottlings, no. I'm going, I'm not going to even have a slight bit of hope for wildcard between bottlings. Like it's Masu, I, I just have full expectation that Masu is going to destroy Wildcard's bot lane that heavily that I don't even think I need to see the other lanes to really know how it's going to end. Because I, I, I just think Masu, uh, Masu and, and why am I blanking on this name now? Winsome, and Winsome. Yeah, I was thinking Keystone for some reason with the Q. But yeah, and Wisdom are, are just going to destroy them and that's going to be the end of the story. Like legitimately that series 
the wildcard Maribel should have gone to game three. I don't know how wildcard, how Maribel messed up the second game. I thought they should have won that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that it, it, that second game was the classic. Uh, we had a couple during the regular season. I was like, who wants to lose more? I was curious when the first playoff game would uh, come with that one because. Despite the two O's, a lot of those regular se- uh, excuse me. Despite the two O's, that one of those first round series didn't really feel that way. That one was the one. It was like, ah, yes, yep. Maryville really don't want to win a game in playoffs. Um, the, the the series that you know, I was a lot more disappointed in. You know, it's, I I thought AOE would put up a little bit more of a fight. Um, I can't believe that I'm sitting here saying that Concept looked like he won the most to beat EG Challengers out of everybody on AOE. Yeah. But that's quite literally what happened. And I'm just kind of baffled that that is the reality we're living in right now. Yeah. The the really tough thing about that for me is it's like, I don't even know what what advice to give now. Because my, like, my, yeah, yeah. my advice coming out of last week was like, well, look, Concept's the worst top laner in the league in basically every <sighs> metric. Uh, you know, maybe maybe give old Quacker a ring. Maybe uh, you know, look around at what other up and coming top laners there are. There's there's plenty around. You know, like Je- you know, who knows where Jenkins is gonna be? Um, mm-hmm. Darshan is still out there. He's boot camping in Korea. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of top laners in the in the sea. There's a lot of fish in this pond. And uh, concept doesn't have to be the one you go with, but again, yeah, he looks like their best player here, and it's like it's so hard to try to make a determination about what what AOE's takeaways from this series should be. Um, yeah, a, a very rough look for them. I'm kind of disappointed. Like I did make this point. I think AOE, if the draw is is more fair with them, and they go against wildcard, I think they qualify instead of uh, wildcard. So if it was AOE against wildcard, wild yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I want to say, like, I think I'm not not against wildcard. If it was them against Maryville and wildcard against CGC, I think it's CGC passing and then AOE going against mm-hmm. uh, Maryville, they pass. And it would have been a bit, at the very least, they probably could have qualified farther. They probably lose against FlyZ, but they would have gone farther. But they had to go against EGC, and EGC has been on the on the up and up since before. So I think that EGC kind of was on the lower side without really needing to. Wow. Like I'm, I'm not sure how how to say this. Like I'm don't mean I don't mean that they were on the like lower bracket because, but more so that any opening that it's not their top side their top sided uh, opening was going to be better for them. Comparatively, I think that's... so. Any anyone that faces EGC below, I would say third place. I think it's doable for EGC actually, and yeah. that's why I think that AOE kind of had the tough luck on that one. I I think that's fair. I just I don't know. I kind of come out of this EGC AOE series feeling very similarly to how I do coming out of Maryville Wildcard. Like EGC, I guess game two was kind of like a macro level stomp, but game one. Yeah. Is like I think they, they had a chance in the first one. It's just that they yeah. were like the, the Baron was to me the most baffling play mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. feels like there was just let's go in and see what happens. Uh, like that was the most like clear attempt at trying to throw a dart somewhere and see where it goes. Yeah. Like that's the most the most clear example of that. And then the second game, it was just yeah, no, we're we're like we just get out. That's it. 
there's nothing more to do mm -hmm. here. That that's the second game. But at the in the first game, I think they had a chance. It's just that they didn't know how to handle it. Yeah, I I just come out like I don't know, especially like, like I'm saying in that like you said in that first game, it's like AOE actually built up a pretty sizable lead. Like they just Will's Lee Sin gets a lot done. Um, then Breezy's Rel is unlocked to go around the map and make a lot of plays. They just kind of end up throwing it back. Um, Armeo makes a lot of big plays on the Nocturne and uh, turns that one around. But yeah, I mean, very messy stuff from EGC. Um, really don't like to see Surdy struggling top lane against a player like Concept. I feel like that's the place that EGC want to be their strong point. Um, I don't think Bot looks particularly great in this series either. I am fully out on Ryoma at this point. So now I'm like watching EGC yeah. come into this TLC series and I'm like, oh, wow, I I have lost faith in all of our lanes. So I, <laughs> I, I'm not going to be predicting a lot of success against Team Liquid Challengers. But King and Smoothie Gordo. But yeah, I, don't... Yeah, I mean, King and Smoothie just nearly lost to uh, Lynx and Breezy, who I know I just called out last week as actually being a very good bot lane, but... Yep. Yeah, you did. You did call them, and I quote, the the best bottom lane out of the early game. Cause they, they are. They are very good early game bottom lane, but it's still. It's yep. like, I don't know. I feel like King and King and um, Smoothie. Smoothie have not had a very good early bot lane as a duo, anyways, against anybody. Um, they're not where I'm really putting my faith up against Arrow and Kim Down, who, by the way, are my joint third team bot lane. Yeah. I love it was funny. Both each of you forgot. Uh, not only a, a support for a second, you had a brain fart on a support, but you both forgot a support that has played on the LC, played on LCS stages. Yep, it's then, funny. It was just a brain fart, but I pick up on small. Here they are. Like here, here, here. Smoothie so remains. Smoothie remains. Yeah, remember? Yeah, remember when Smoothie felt like the next like great Cloud Nine support. It's been, that was a long time ago, man. It was a very long time. I remember They've been it. winning with and without him, so it's not like yeah. he was that needed. Yeah, but it, I just remember, like, because he came in and he was playing with uh, Sneaky's last couple years, and they and Sneaky looked like kind of a little bit of old night. Until Zazel. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wasn't he replaced by Sazel? Yeah, he was. It but was there was a point, there was a point where people were like, Smoothie's the next one. Yeah. And then... I mean, hasn't Cloud9 ha kind of have the next one, technically? Like, just off topic, but they had Sazel after that, Vulcan, and then Sven. Like, we can take away Sven, but Sazel and Vulcan, the next, like, big thing supports have been pa have passed through and Cloud9. Winsome, man. You're forgetting Winsome. Mm -hmm. He played, well, he actually played a split. I was going to say four games, but yeah, he played. He did play a split. Yep. Support Factory, yeah. Cloud9. Kind of. True. All right. Well, let's let's get into. We got like fifteen-ish minutes left. Let's get into mm -hmm. our predictions for next week. Uh, as if you don't know, the playoff format—they're ripping through this thing. This, this is going to be done yeah. in like three weeks. Yep. So we are going to play out the whole rest of the bracket, Sands Grand Finals this coming week, uh, and then we're going to play Grand Finals the next week. So we're going to have one more episode before we get onto Grand Finals. So we'll have plenty of time there. But let's talk about what we expect to see this next week. Uh, let's kick things off with the winner's side final. It's going to be Fear up against DSG. How are we feeling about this one? I, I've kind of I've made some statements about Fear versus DSG before, but I want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, I already have my prediction. <clears throat> All right, throw it out, TDS. Throw it out. 
Yeah, I, I made it before already. Like DSG Grand Finals. They, uh, I'm on the I'm on the DSG hype train. Technically, I think they are going to win the series. I already call them the winners overall, but uh, just immediately in the series, they are going to win. I would say three one. I think Fear wins the first one, and after that, DSG just wins the next three pretty effectively. Like I think mechanically, they have probably better players. Not in each lane, but in the head-to-head, -head, I would favor DSG over over the side of fear, just of the players. And I think that we cannot overstate the value of having Fake God, Tommy, and Seiso there. Like I think having those three players that have been through thick and thin in the academy, like circuit and all that, and not only that, but also having experience up there in the LCS really gives you a slight advantage in these sort of situations. Happened last played against Dignitas, who was looking like the favorite uh, to a certain degree, and they just won both times against them. So I think that this time around, or actually, they, and they won against them in the Grand Finals. Going to correct that because they did lose in the Winners Bracket Finals. But for this sort of timings, I do favor them more so. And I think they have been delivering to a certain degree. So I think it's going to be a 3-1 in favor of DSG and then Grand Finals. I'll back. I think we're all going to back in DSG here. Um, I'll go 3-1 as well with TDS here. I would not be shocked with a five-game series, uh, the way Fear has shown that their uh, congealed house situation has brought on a lot better communication and better macro. It comes down to me the fact, you know, yeah, kind of what TDS was saying is the pedigree, but also just like the lanes. I don't think Phillips going to be able to get away with uh, the redacting games he had against uh, against Fake God. I, I don't see it happening. I think now that Meech is looking a lot better besides Zazel, uh, he'll be able to bring over some things as well. And Shochi, uh, the jungle matchup is going to be the one to watch because I think uh, the gripes I've had with uh, Tomio at points is that he can be a little too passive in the early game stages sometimes. And I think Perry could punish it because he's on a bit of a tear. But it's just the pedigree and the solo lanes are at least enough to go even with Shochi. And I think Fake God's going to have a really big series. So I think Disguise Toe's squad looks like they're going to push the finals. Also, quickly, quickly, just to mention with the mid lane matchup, we have both Shochi and Young that do like counter-picking mid laners. Like, Shochi can go for any AD mid laners, and Young has shown that he he can go for the Aurelias, the Jonas, even brought out the Aurelia. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really excited to see who gets red side and who goes for the counter-picks in these matchups. I agree. Like, it might be a red side. Uh, might be, like, a red side prioritized matchup. Like, both teams might end up picking red side. I do feel like, like, Young feels like he's fully leaned into, like, he's NA leader now, baby. He just plays, like, Akali <laughs> and Irelia every single time it's up, and Silas. Um, you know, it, it, he's kind of always been that guy, but throughout a lot, of, a lot of this season, right, he's been playing a lot of Ari, um, been playing a fair bit of Azir, so it feels like he kind of, it kind of went to the wayside a little bit. He still played plenty of Akali, still played plenty of Silas, but... Yep. Um, now that it's in playoffs, he's like not gotten off the like assassiny picks. So I've been liking it so far. I, I wonder how it's going to work up against Shochi, but we'll have to see. I'm also on three one disguised. Uh, not not to copy everybody else here. Um, but I've brought up before. I feel like DSG versus Fear is like a a really big mismatch for Fear in particular. I think it's a stylistic issue. Like, Fear has always been the team that just takes every single fight, 
um you know they're they're very skirmish heavy um they want to really fight for every objective they don't really do a lot of trading they don't really do a lot of like macro rotations and stuff they usually want to fight whatever's in front of them and i feel like dsg is like the team that just executes on that stuff the best right like this is the team that we just watched come back from a deficit up against fly challengers three games in a row uh pretty much just out of fighting uh, they have got just such individually talented players that I feel like they're they're the team that's probably best equipped to handle that kind of onslaught out of fear. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna be favoring DSG as well. It's I thought that might be like a little bit of a hot take. I, I figured there'd be somebody believing in fear here, but not. Nah, seems like we're all on the DSG train, even with fear having not lost a game in playoffs yet. I love Chochi, but I'll stay true. That's Zazelback. Yeah, like the sad part with me for that is that I already kind of put myself in the hole where I already predicted DSG, and I think DSG was going to win anyway, but I already predicted DSG to go all the way to the Grand Finals. And then I cannot even back fear after that, because I already also predicted who's going to the Grand Finals against DSG and losing. So it's already kind of sad. Fair enough, fair enough. So let's get into loser's bracket then a little bit. Uh, so Fly Challengers versus Wildcard. TL challengers is evil geniuses. Any any hope for the lower seeded teams here? I know we talked, we've no. already talked mad trash on both wildcard and EGC uh, coming out of their lower bracket runs thus far, and they they have even harder matchups on paper you would think than they expected because these are the yeah. top seeds dropping down here. So I go for it later. I was just going to say, making this whole lower bracket prediction is a little tough for me because uh, I'm going to lean certain ways depending on how these first-round matchups look. Obviously, we're all going to sit here and say TLC and FlyC are going to move on. However, the way TL looked in these last couple series, I really need to – they need to show me the the TL that, you know, we were hailing as the team that is everyone needs to be worried about the team that could clinch playoffs two week two split week uh regular season weeks out from from players clinch the number one seed two weeks out from playoffs like it's been a shaky look and if i were a betting man which i am in a lot of instances i would rather bet eg challengers to take a third a game off of tlc than wildcard and take a game off fly c uh just based off everything i've seen and if that's the case if this series goes three if tlc still look like they're limping they're still doing questionable drafts it's going to lead me to feel like fly c is a shoe in to take on disguise but if tlc just stop egc we're in for the best series of the playoffs so far with that lower bracket best of five grand uh finals because then i really don't know how to feel about that one Slayer kind of stole my my hot take there with the EGC thing. I think it's going to be too old for Flies. He really, yeah. You just I'm, watch I'm out it. On wild card. As much it's, as I'm a fan, I just completely... don't. Doesn't look like they have it together right now. Yeah, no. We should. They can play it off stream if they want to, and just tell us the results if they if they really <laughs> want to. Okay, maybe that was a bit too harsh. Sorry for that, wild card. I I like your players, but it's just not looking that great. But. On the other side, I think it's going to be a two-one for TLC. I think they lost the they lose the first game against uh, HEC, and then they end up winning the series. Just kind of similar to what will happen or what I expect to happen with ESG. And then I think, well, I already kind of called, uh, like I said, I called Flyce to get to the grand finals uh, against ESG, and I think they are going to win against TLC. And I think it's going to be a three-zero, if I'm honest. 
Like wow. I, I think I, I think if we even if TLC stomps Fly C, I just think or stomps Fly C, you know, AGC, I just think Fly C right now gives me much more expectation to be the better team. And the ceiling that I see from them feels a little bit better than the ceiling from TLC. So I think that they should be able, if they, they win against Walker and they can, and I think they are going to 3-0 TLC and then just win against Fear as well. Hmm. I think that's fair. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I have even less faith in EGC than you guys do, I think. I, I like Don't get me wrong, Like TLC look worse, I think, than they were previously. But A, I believe in their ability to bounce back. But B, even if I didn't, even if they think, even if I thought they were going to show up to this EG match in the same form that they showed against Fear, EG is not Fear. They, I, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be able to stand up to this TLC roster. I, I think it's going to be a pretty easy win for TL. I'd be very surprised to see an Evil Genius's win come out of this. Um, and then with that said, right? So we then have. That would be a Fly Challengers versus TL Challengers round three matchup in the loser's bracket. Yep. Uh, I agree. That could, that could be a real banger series. I would predict FlyQuest to win it. And if TL do not get it back together, then I agree it could be a 3-0. Um, wow. I hope for like a 3-2. I hope for like a, at least a 3-1. I think I would be picking FlyQuest though at this, at this stage. Um I don't know. They just look. They looked really good against DSG. I think. I think people are gonna like act like they got upset and then and, and therefore like rate them lower than they did up against uh, than they did coming in. But I don't know. I actually think they look very good against DSG, and I'm I I would predict them to take it against TL. Well, I, I think it's near impossible to three L. Uh, I think I think TLC is too good of a team to lose on a sweep. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, but I definitely am leaning very heavily uh, towards Fly C. I'm just setting up to give myself an out if the upset happens. I'm leaving a caveat. Uh, sue me. Uh, I, I will say I, I would love to see TLC 3-2. I think the only way TLC wins is five games. I'll say that right now. But if they smack EG the way that I know they can, playing through Mir as much as possible, um, I think they have a shot against Fly C. But at the end of the day, I will go with fly c3 one uh and set up i believe tds and my own grand finals i thought i said dsg fly or i might have said fly tlc though i honestly can't remember right now i can't either but i do know if we're all agreeing that it's probably fly over tl then that would set us up for a fly versus fear Year. round yep. four that would be our losers final oh, to decide right. who skipping. joins dsg in the grand final I'm skipping a series. I already said fly one, like yeah. what, fly one. Well, so well. fly fear. That's kind of sick, actually. If that's what ends up having, because fly fear was that five game banger from the spring bracket. Yeah. Uh, that, that ended up one. with a three to two win for fear that brought fear up to play against TL challengers in that losers semifinal. Yeah. Yeah. Because then the losers finals was TLC against C9C. Yeah. So, that's a banger rematch, especially because FlyQuest have flexed their muscles and their superior resources to trade top laners with FlyQuest yep. yeah, since that series true. happened. So, that would be a real cool grudge match to actually see. 
as our losers final uh that'd be a super fun narrative that i would i would really love to see uh so hopefully it comes to pass who would we take in that one i i think i already went fly yeah I'm i going, think fly I'm can turn fly it around too. i think i would take oh, by the way too. yeah fly, by the way two. i didn't give the score i uh fly z three zeros let's go <laughs> i think they three oh both yeah you, you think they just you think they just uh i guess what would it be you think they 8-0 dog walk from lower bracket to... Uh, yeah, I, like, I think the only team they can win, they can lose against is DSG, like, wow. legitimately. Wow, okay. Like, like, because I was going to follow on, on what Slayer was saying with, uh, like, TLC thing. I don't think even if they are in form, I, I would even I would even bet, in for, like, TLC playing normally, Flyzy 3-0s them. That's, that, 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 that's how confident wow. I am in Flyzy right now, honestly. I do think like grace. this is a different fly C than like early season fly C. I do that yeah. like I've been I've been banging this drum and again this drum means something for me because it's not a drum that I owned before. Uh <laughs> but uh it, it's Spyrax, man. He's really come alive yeah. in the back half round robin and yeah. he's he's still looking in that form. I think his Yone was very, very good. Um in his matchups this past week. Uh, I think he looked very good against DSG. I think he was able to challenge Young. I think he even beat Young in some lanes. Um, yeah, Fly Spyrax is like, I, I actually think like really, really leveled up lately. And if, I mean, if he maintains this form, I do think he's he's very dangerous up against Harry. Yeah, I'm just excited to watch the lower bracket. They're, I think I think they're I I guess I'm a little more giving a little more credence to the teams that I think will take on Fly C. I still think they'll win, but I think there'll be a couple of banger series. Especially excited to watch Faisal Phillip. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's the grudge match that I really want to see. So hopefully it comes to pass. Hopefully I get to tweet about it a little bit before it happens. Uh, as we are really racing through these playoffs, so we're not gonna have time to do more episodes. Yep. So. I think that's going to do it for this week, though. So, Go ahead, TDS. I was just going to to ask because, like, thinking about it, since they're rushing with the playoffs, is it maybe because of the international event that they were talking about? I don't think that's going to happen until next season. Maybe uh, it happens in the off season, which I think would be cool. I, I think it's just to set up with enough time for promotion tournament uh, before Could be as well, international yeah. play comes around. Yeah, I think they just want to – I think they want to just get promotions done before it gets to be world season. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was thinking because of the way that they were kind of rushing it, maybe they just wanted to bring it up after, like maybe after the grand finals or during the grand finals, the potential of it that being be sick. like it would be great if it comes through. But like you're pointing out, maybe it's more so because of the relegation. Yeah, yeah, maybe that too. And then I don't know what is does Valorant have any events in the studio? That would be the other thing. Is uh, it, I, I think they are. I think they are finishing right now. The the ascent the because they have like because they're finishing their international but then they have like ascension the like the tournament to become one of the new teams rotating into the league i don't yeah, know so if that gets played in studio well, right what was that yeah it could be as well like the yeah, relegation if that's like played in studio then then that might be how because they, they, this is the whole reason we're playing finals on a wednesday so that it doesn't interrupt lcs playoffs so it's like yeah. Yeah, uh, you know beggar, beggars can't be choosers at least it's in person um they're selling tickets for ten bucks. So if you're if you're in the area, go grab yourself some tickets. Shoot, I should maybe I should go up. Maybe Wait. you should. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going over there. Uh, it's that's uh, that's way I too can't. far to go for me. But yeah, yeah, you say for you. Talk about for me. 
Yeah, that's true. It'll tedious be a needs big, to get a passport. A uh, yeah. yeah, tedious maybe a little bit more effort than even I. So that's not my plan. But if if you're in the area, definitely go go hang out. Go go see go see the boys play for ten bucks in the LCS studio. But that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the salt mine so thank you everybody for tuning in we're gonna be back next week up before grand finals maybe we'll have some sort of special guest we'll uh we'll get things figured out we got a week to uh to get those stuff figured out but uh till then watch some nacl playoffs it's gonna be a banger couple of series watch some lcs playoffs as they're kicking off this week as well and we're gonna see you next time